What's up, everybody, and welcome to Draft Chaff. My name is Ben Fisher. I'm one of your hosts, and joining me as per usual is Zach Hackett. How's it going, Zach? Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing all right. This is this is uh, going to be a good episode, I think. I think we'll uh, have some fun with this one. Yeah, I think so. Sorry about the uh, the date mix up, everybody. We just had to push it out a day earlier than usual. I, I hope everyone can forgive us. But it's episode forty. We got some some pretty cool stuff going on today. You're joining us for one hundred percent totally legit Kaldheim hot takes, and we've got ten of these. So. Uh, Stay with it. It's going to be a good time. But first of all, got to plug the Discord. We've been having some great discussions over there. If you want to get in contact with us, it is the best way to do it. Um, we've been having people posting deck lists and, and trophy decks and all sorts of fun stuff. So if you want to come hang out with us uh, outside the show, it's the best place to do so. Of course, you can also check us out on the Patreon, the sponsor of our uh, our little podcast here. We've got some amazing patrons that support us, and we really appreciate everyone that does that. Of course, you can uh, give however much you want, whether it's a little or a bit. Um, we appreciate all of it. Thank you very much for our, our sponsors. So why don't we get into our crack a draft type thing today, Zach? We've got a, a doozy here. Uh, I, I I will tell you, I actually had this one come up in my draft. This is from one of my drafts. I spent 15 minutes looking at this. It's a tough decision. Like I looked at this before we started the show and I'm still not sure. Like I, I did spend a couple of minutes on this as well. And I'm still not sure I really understand what the correct pick is here. To give you guys some, some understanding, we're looking at a pack three pick 14 and... Yeah. We've got a we've like Ben said we've got a doozy here. So we're looking between two cards. We've got Nico defies destiny. So that's the one white blue saga. The first chapter is you gain two life for each foretold card you own in exile. Second chapter add white blue. Spend this mana only to foretell cards or cast spells that have foretell. And the third chapter is return target card with foretell from your graveyard to your hand. So like obviously pretty awesome. Foretell is really good. It's a great mechanic and gaining life is always good. Plus extra mana. Who doesn't like that? And you get free cards out of it too. So you know. And it's in like the best color pair in the format. So you really can't go wrong with this card. And then the next card we have is Undersea Invader. This is four blue blue for a five six giant rogue with flash and it enters battlefield tapped. I mean, that's like a small downside, but flash is great. It, I've never cast mm -hmm. a bad flash card and a five six for six mana. Like it costs so much. It's got to be good, right? And a five six, those are big stats. It, it's like almost uh, Lindworm territory. That's true. Every once in a while, you come across a pick like this where you just wish you could scoop up the entire pack and put it right into your deck, right? When you've got a pick between two bombs like this, it's really hard to know where to go. But, you know, ultimately, despite the fact that both of these cards are game winners on its own, you just got to go with the simplicity rule. You got to take the Undersea Invader here because it's just blue and Nuka Defies Destiny is two colors, right? Even though we're talking about like a pack three pick 14, like you really want to stay open as long as you can. So I would just take the monocolored card. Yeah, that's right. So let's get into our Keeper Moles. I think we're going to stick with that name. It seems pretty good, right? Uh, now, I, yep. I think we got it sorted out this week. So how about you start us off with a, with a Keep and Mole? Yeah, so my Keep this week is, honestly, there's just not really enough time in the weekend. Like, can we get four-day work weeks? I just, like, I need some more time to get, I have a lot of hobbies, and um, I really would appreciate a little bit more time in the weekend before getting back to the hustle and bustle of, of the work week. Yeah, I feel you. That said, my Mole this week is that I had some really amazing ramen. Like, it we went to this place, uh, my wife and I went to this place recently, and honestly, it was really good. So, you know, I'd have to say that was my mull for the week. How about you? Well, uh, my key for this week is actually kind of also uh, food-related, specifically uh, takeout food-related. The Chinese place that I, I adore, it's right around the corner from my apartment. They messed up my order for the first time ever. You know, I ordered some, some lo mein, and I got some kind of like vegetable platter instead. Look, I, I was trying to be unhealthy, and they gave me something healthy, and I can't forgive them for that. Big bummer. Yeah, you need to find a new... Takeout, please. 
Yeah, hopefully one within walking distance. My mole this week was I listened to an amazing album by this band that I hadn't heard of before uh, called Haylaker. Um, I don't know if people would know them. I think they're United States based, but I looked them up. Um, they're very indie, very uh, kind of like indie rock, very my style. Turns out one of my uh, like favorite singer songwriters from a different band worked with them on the album, which made total sense. I heard it in the sound immediately. It reminded me of them. And then when I found out it was worked on by them, I was super excited. Been in the music rut. So hearing a good album was uh, definitely the mole this week. Yeah, that's awesome. Great stuff. Well, that brings us to our listener question of the week. Uh, honestly, Ben, we kind of slipped up. Uh, we usually mm. figure this out ahead of time. But what, sh- what do we need? What do we want to ask them? I don't know. We, we usually yeah, we usually have a listener question ready to ask before the show. But oh, I, I, wait, wait, I, I got something for this. So um as you all know, everybody, we'd like you to post your uh, your response to this in the Discord as per every week. So would you rather fight 100 sapperling-sized emrakuls or one emrakul-sized sapperling? Eh? Yeah, let us know in the Discord. So with that, on to the main topic. This week, as Ben mentioned earlier, we're talking about 10 100% totally legit Kaldheim hot takes. Let's just jump right into it. So our first hot take about Kaldheim Limited, coma unplayable garbage. I've seen so many people putting Koma in their deck for no good reason. They'll take it first pick. They'll take it pack two. Uh, I haven't seen a lot of them getting passed. I'm not really sure what's up with that. These things should be wheeling. You should oh, be yeah. able to get one of these reliably if you wanted it. But who wants it? Like only only like the biggest snow decks really want it. I mean, it's green, green, blue, blue to cast. Not everybody has access to that. Reasonable. You just, it is. It's unreasonable. Like they shouldn't have printed it like that. And... Honestly, if you're putting it in your deck, you might want to reevaluate the way you're drafting. Yeah, I have a feeling people are losing win percentage by putting this in their deck, especially taking it first pick. Now, I think it also requires you to sacrifice things. I haven't read the whole card. You know, uh, it has a lot of text. Well, on it. yeah, I stopped, so much text. I stopped halfway through. But I saw something about sacrificing. I don't like sacrificing stuff, uh, not not cards, not life points, not win percentage. So uh, no thank you. Not taking coma, not putting into my decks. What's our second hot take, Zach? Number two, card advantage is bad. You don't want card advantage. I know it has advantage in the word, like in the terminology, but that's a misnomer. It's not actually accurate. And what that what does that mean? Well, that means that cards like Behold, Glimpse, Packmate, they're all way worse off than people people are making them out to be they should not be in your top pick orders they should not be cards that you're taking highly similarly to coma to be honest i'm kind of surprised everybody's gotten this format so so off uh but mm-hmm. yeah card advantage is bad you should avoid cards that get you more cards yeah i mean if, if you imagine this you just put like 20 divinations and 20 islands in your deck how do you win that game you cannot win that game in fact you will lose before your opponent you're just gonna draw out doesn't make any sense now you may be wondering what to put in your deck instead well, I'm here with our third hot take of the night. Uh, take all one drops. J- just take all one drops. Now, before you say, Ben, what are you talking about? Uh, there's been some recent recent love for data analysis in the MTG community. And, you know, we, we were doing some thinking about some of the, the data analysis that's been going around. And we, we've heard this, this rumor that if you, you know, use all your mana every turn, it's a good thing, right? Yeah, I mean, that, that has been, I think, pretty well touted for quite a while. But we finally got some data to back that up recently, and it's great to see that a lot of the things people have been thinking comes to fruition through through some data analysis. Mm-hmm. So we figured, what's the best way to guarantee you're using all your mana every turn? Well, you've probably had this situation where you have a starting hand and you have three lands and then a bunch of two drops. Well, then 
on turn one, you're wasting that mana. Now, if you follow our strategy, that's not going to happen. Because if you draft only one drops, you get to play a one drop on turn one. And then on turn two, you know what you're going to be doing? Two one drops. Two one drops. And then turn three, uh, um, yeah, you can play th three one drops on turn three. Uh, and by doing this, you are affecting the board so much faster than your opponent. You're just going to run them over, and this is the best strategy in Kaldheim Limited. Guaranteed. On top of that, if you've taken our second hot take into account, none of those one-drops will have been generating you any card advantage, and so you'll be out mm -hmm. of cards before your opponent, which is exactly where you want to be in a game of Limited. That's right. You really want to be empty-handed, uh, turn on your, your uh, Hellbent and Heckbent uh, mechanics. Exactly. And it shuts down all your opponent's discard spells, so you know, you're off to off the races. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that. Anyway, what's our what's our next hot take we got here, Zach? Number four, ox plow combo is unbeatable. Literally mm. unbeatable. You cannot do better yeah. than that in Kaldheim Limited. It's essentially a Black Lotus every single turn. I mean, it generates three <laughs> mana for you, and nobody's going to remove your ox because for some reason they don't value it highly enough. You know what? If it, <laughs> Their loss is your gain, so pick up those oxes, pick up those plows, and get smashing. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I know we said you should draft mostly one drops. This is the only time I make an exception is when I see an ox or a plow, right? Now, it's a lot like a Black Lotus, but uh, that life gain kind of turns it into a Baneslayer Angel as well. So you're smashing in with, with this massive Baneslayer Black Lotus. I think just that alone is going to be enough to cause most opponents to concede the game. Also, given that the plow is really the offensive aspect of this combo, nobody wants to point a removal spell at the ox. But the plow is the part you want to target. And the fact that mm -hmm. it's not a creature on your, your opponent's turn shuts off all of their sorcery speed removal. So it really dodges a lot of stuff. <laughs> That's a pretty good point. So uh, next up here on our 10 legitimate hot takes, we have, well, this one gets a little bit away from gameplay. Now, you may have heard that basic lands are pretty important in the community. Those of you that play Arena know that there's a lot to choose from. And those of you that play Paper know that, well... Uh, showing up to an FNM event without your own custom basics, it's an embarrassment. Now, you've probably heard a lot of basic land power rankings out there. A lot of people are a big fan of the beta lands or foils or full arts or oh, whatever. They all suck. That's just wrong. You should not be playing these ones because that is predictable. Now, the number one thing in a game of Magic is information. You don't want to be giving your opponent information that they shouldn't have. When you play a foil full art, uh, cup Island on turn one, and then you do the same thing on turn two, you have just given your opponent information about half the cards in your deck, like roughly 40% of your deck, right? Yeah, it's true. And on top of that, you've given them meta information that tells them you know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, you really should not be giving away free information like this to your opponent. You should at least make them thoughts easier or something first. So uh, don't worry. Don't freak out. Don't don't uh, don't toss your decks in the trash yet. Yeah, we're going to help you re remedy this. And there's actually a pretty easy way to do this. You should be playing fully mismatched lands at all times. Now, there's actually a few reasons to do this. Number one, keeps your opponent on your toes. They never know what card is going to come out of your hand next because that way they can respond to you playing the land. Exactly. The other reason to do this is to tilt your opponent. Now, the best way to play Magic is to make your opponent as mad as possible to gain uh, a little bit of a tiny edge by making them misplay, right? Exactly, yeah. I mean, if your opponent is misplaying more frequently, you're winning more games, and, you know, what's not to love about that? 
Mm-hmm. That's why within the first three seconds of every arena match I play, I hit both the good game emote and the shrugging angel emote. That way, everybody knows I mean business, and they are already wondering what I'm up to. Next up on our list of 10 100% totally legit Kaldheim hot takes. You know what? We were just talking about art on cards, art on lands, but frankly, art on cards is just bad. I mean, it uses ink. That's bad for the environment, I think. And honestly, it's distracting. We should just get rid of art on cards altogether. We should just have text on blank pieces of cardboard that you Mm. can, I guess, still put in a deck. And it just streamlines everything. There's less information, which is overloading your brain when magic's already a super complicated game. And it makes it a lot easier to understand the flow of what's going on. Yeah, every once in a while, I'll find myself distracted by just some some visuals, some admittedly gorgeous visuals. I don't know, especially recently. Some of you have probably seen the controversy about some of these uh, these Mystic Archive cards. People describing the, their favorite ones, their least favorite, whether or not the art is good or bad. Easy solution, just take the art away. You know, yeah. in, in fact, um, I think it's about time we get rid of the archaic practice of naming cards. I really think that uh, we should just have every single card be uh, referred to as uh, the little three-letter code for the set, followed by the set number. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, that's a great way to avoid any controversy whatsoever. Very to the point. And they're much easier to memorize. They're shorter. <laughs> that's true. This this one might surprise some of you to hear, but our seventh Kaldheim hot take is that top ten lists suck, and they're not a very you know good format. Like... Uh, I don't know, man. We're on number seven. I'm kind of struggling over here. I yeah, don't know if we can is, keep this, this up. This is getting difficult. Uh, we have to come up with three more of these? Oh, my God. Um, top ten lists are, are bad. Uh, content creators should stop doing them. I don't know. Are we content creators? <laughs> Maybe at some point we were. <laughs> Definitely not anymore. What's our next hot take, Zach? Yeah, so next up, very magic-oriented. Um, honestly, potatoes are just completely useless. They're terrible. In a, they're a terrible ingredient. I mean, what even is a tuber? Can we, can we like talk about tubers for a second? What are they? They come out of the ground. They're like covered in dirt. It's just, it's just gross. And they're, they're so bland. They can't be used in anything. They have zero use, literally zero use in any recipe I've ever seen. So mm. I don't really understand why people decide to cook with them. And in fact, to push this further, I have a little anecdote for you. Yeah, go for it. The last time I tried to make a uh, a potato salad, you know, uh, you, you know, you're supposed to like dice up potatoes, you throw them in a, in a pot, boil them for a little bit, you know, do the thing so they're not like rocks when you try to bite into them. Well, I did that, but I was at my dad's house and it turns out he lives in, you know, like the 1920s or something. And the only pot he had was a pressure cooker. Uh-huh. And I didn't realize it was a pressure cooker because it was super old. It was just an aluminum pot basically, but the lid locked in when it reached a certain pressure. If you had the lid on top of it, even if you didn't like seal the lid shut, it would seal itself. I see where this is going. So, you know, I went to check on the potatoes and for some reason the lid wouldn't like the, it wouldn't come off. And so oh, no. I naturally I forced it open and it exploded and sent potato <laughs> mash everywhere and scalding hot water on my face and my hand. Oh, and my God. My dad ran out of the garage and I had slipped also because he has tile flooring in the kitchen. So I, I had slipped and fell and I must have like let out a noise of some kind and he came into the kitchen. He was like, what's going on? I was like, ah, it's nothing. The thing just blew up and there's <laughs> potato literally all over the kitchen it's on the ceiling. Oh, it's everywhere. That's amazing. And he goes, he goes, you need to get in the shower right now. They're like go, go run water over your face and stuff. I was like, no, it's fine. And he's like, what do you mean? It's fine. You just had boiling water poured all over your face. You're not fine. But oh my, my adrenaline was running. I couldn't feel the pain. So, you know, it was fine. But the moral of the story is don't use potatoes. Yeah, I, I would say so as well. You know, honestly, 
You know, the one thing about potatoes is their historical context, right? I can never remember the Irish potato famine. Did they run out of potatoes or did they run out of everything else and they could only eat potatoes? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, any of our history buffs listening, maybe let us know in the Discord. I honestly just, you know, I think I think it was actually that they ran out of food to give the potatoes. Oh, they they were trying to feed the potatoes. Exactly. So the potatoes were undergoing a famine. This yes. makes a lot of sense. I'm a physicist, not a historian. Now, um, actually, you know, th- this brings us to our next point. You were just telling a story, and I honestly, look, Zach, I feel like we got a little bit distracted thanks to that story. M- my next hot take is that podcasts should just do away with co-hosts because I, you really just you threw a wrench in the whole system there. We need to get back on topic, and honestly, the presence of a co-host in this podcast is, I think, it's bringing us down. You know what? I totally agree. It's actually really annoying to have a co-host. Like, I have to wait to talk like I, I can't just talk over you apparently that's like a taboo and people don't like listening to that kind of thing so I've got to you know keep quiet for I can talk bit. over you that? I think it's well, gonna work I, I mean we could do it but that's just no, no one's gonna uh, apparently people don't like it this. our listeners are gonna be a big fan <laughs> of this segment <laughs> so agreed we should just do away with co-hosts then uh you have to do all the work yourself and that's better because you're better than your co-host Mm. And if you think about it, reducing uh, the number of co-hosts by one half would actually reduce the the episode time by one half, right? So that makes our podcast much more efficient to listen to. Yeah, agreed. Speaking of our podcast, Draft Chaff's just the worst podcast that exists within the Magic ecosphere. Like, Mm -hmm. we should probably just stop doing it. And uh, in fact, let's just admit right now, nobody likes Chaff. Like, we only talk about Chaff because we're not good enough to talk about good cards. Wow. Yeah. You know what? You're right. This is hot take number 10 for a very good reason. Draft Chaff is, I think, objectively the worst uh, magic podcast. There's a lot of them out there. You've you've all heard them. You all love them, uh, except for this one. And honestly, I'm not sure why you're still here. <laughs> well, anyway, people, thanks for stopping by for our top 10 totally legitimate Kaldheim hot takes. Uh, if you want to check us out, uh, you can look us up on Twitter or on uh, check out our Discord. Maybe hit up our Patreon if you feel like supporting uh, more fantastic, well-thought-out content just like what you heard today. And uh, if you want to hit us up, you can find us at uh, you can find me at Vanek Alfredine on Twitter. And you can find Zach at Betafish1. That's going to do it for us this week, everybody. We will see you later. Yeah, so honestly, after all that talk about, you know, me distracting everybody and how we should do away with co-hosts and our podcast is just awful. I think, I think, I think we're done. It's time to call it. Uh, it's nine sixteen PM time of death. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's been great guys. Like we really appreciate all of you listening each and every week. Um, our interactions over the, sorry, I'm getting a little emotional. Um, our interactions with you guys on the pot on, on the discord. I can't even talk straight. It's been great. Uh, the server is going to be up for like the next, I don't know, week or so, I guess, unless I forget to shut it down, then, you know, you guys can keep doing your thing, but, um, that's it. Yeah. And moreover, um, we recommend burning the podcast stickers and other merchandise, uh, to erase all evidence that this ever existed. It's honestly better if people forget that draft chef existed within the magic community, uh, because honestly net negative overall, I'd say, right. Well, maybe. I don't think it's actually reached that many people, though. So, you know, what was Mm. the real negative impact? (laughs) Pretty small negative impact, so we're good. (laughs) (laughs) April Fools, everyone. See you tomorrow. (laughs) 